Bibles, you can look on the screen. Please turn with me to Acts, the 17th chapter. We're going to read a couple of verses, and then we'll be seated for a while. I hope, Leon, try not to keep you too long. Thankful for all you visitors that are here, those that are online looking at us. I want you to be blessed and touched today. That's what's important, amen? How many need a touch from God? Acts the 17th chapter, starting at verse 22 through verses 30. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill, and he said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you're too superstitious. How many know those kinds of people? Remember that game, step on a crack, break your mother's back all the way home. My, my, no wonder I got home and mom's back was sore. I don't believe that stuff, but verse 23, For as I passed by, I beheld your devotions, and I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. I don't want to ignorantly worship God. I want to know who I got a hold of. I want to know His name. I want to know His power. I want to be able to know His touch. Eh. I don't want to just say, okay, God, I'm worshiping you and go on my way. No, 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 no. Not this guy. Not in this house. Amen. The God that made the world and all the things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth, he dwelleth not in temples made with hands. God just doesn't dwell in a building that He chooses. He just doesn't dwell in a building that has the most elaborate marble altar somewhere. He doesn't dwell in the place that looks the best from the outside. He dwells in a place and in a people. He dwells in a people that know His name. He dwells in a people that call after His name. He dwells in a people that have faith in His name that know who they're calling on, that believe that He can touch them and heal them. Amen? Neither is He worshipped with men's hands as though He needs anything, seeing He giveth to all life. Amen to that? He gives us all breath, and He gives us all things. And He hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God knows all about us, doesn't he? All right, here we go, four more. Verse 27, that they should seek the Lord. Say, seek the Lord. If happily they might feel after him. Say, feel after him. And find him. If you don't know this today, God wants to be found. God wants you to seek Him. God wants you to touch Him. He's not going to hide Himself from you. If you've got something and you've got a need, you'll be found by Him. Though He be not far from every one of us, the devil will tell you that you've done too much, that you've sinned too bad, that your case is beyond saving, and that's a lie. We heard that this morning from Brother Pearl. Can't go that far. God can always reach you. God's always looking for you. Hallelujah. Verse 28. I'm almost done. 
For in him, let's say him. That's where we live. We don't live in some person in some personage somewhere. We don't live according to a king or a queen. We don't live according to a politician or some kind of a, a governance somewhere. We live in him. I'm here to tell you today, we live in him. Not only do we live, it says, and we move. Everything we do has to do with what God wants us done on, right? And we have our very being. As certain also of your poets have said, for we are his offspring. For as much then as we think we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold, silver, stone, or graven by art of men's devices. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now, let's say now, He commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Hallelujah. Well, I want to try to preach from this topic, feeling the presence of God. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Feeling the presence of God. I know, I know. Raj, I already know what that's like. No, 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 no. I'm going a little deeper than what we just nor normally would feel. On October 8th, a month ago, it's testimony time, okay? Can you give me a couple minutes? I want to testify. What the Lord has done for me and my family. Whew. A month ago, after our uh, service with Brother Tyler Sullivan, which I enjoyed, I enjoyed, and um, I went home, sat on the couch, was taking it easy. 4.15 p.m., I got up to feed the dogs. I have to take care of your animals. And all of a sudden, um, I felt tingling in my left two fingers all the way down my arm. And my arm felt like it was three or four pounds heavier than this arm. And I said, well, something's going on here. So I went ahead and fed the dogs. And I told my wife, Carrie, you know, I'm, I'm going to go take my blood pressure just because, you know, something's going on. And it was like 198 over 114. It was horrible. Yeah, that was pretty bad, huh? Ugh. She said, okay, Rods, we're not messing here. Let's get in a car. I'll take you to the emergency room. And I'll try to go through and hit, hit the highlights of this, but... Um, um, she even read her, she even ran a red light, which, well, I couldn't believe it. You're not going to wait. No. <laughs> she pulled in the emergency room at Naples Community Hospital and left the car running, left the door open and ran in and said, I need help. My husband's having a stroke. So I, in the meantime, I got out myself, closed the door, 
walked in, and they were surprised that I was walking in and um, had a seat, and they immediately took me back to the room, and then all of a sudden, like 12, I don't know, a couple doctors and the rest were attendants and nurses and stuff, they were all over me. And they, and it's hard to feel comfortable when somebody, uh, Mr. Locke, you're having a stroke. So that'll help your blood pressure, won't it? Um, so they, uh, took me over into a room in the emergency room and, um, here's what happens when stuff happens to you, God's involved, whether you know it or not. And they said, you're, um, uh, you're eligible for this, uh, clot buster shot, which not normally people that have strokes is, is an opportunity for, but you are. Okay. So you can either get this shot that um, deteriorates and dissolves all the blood clots throughout your whole body. Ooh. But there's a 33% um, chance that you'll have bleeds throughout your body because it does such a, it's a powerful drug. So I said, okay, and I talked it over to my boss here. We agreed, let's just do this and get it done. I didn't know I was going to, well, I guess I, I should have known I'm going to spend the night in the hospital, which is another thing. Um, I'm not kind of a spooky kind of a guy, but I believe that God um, the scripture says that your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. And and I told I told Carrie, I said, you know, I I, I had a, a dream that I saw myself in a hospital bed. And that was last year sometime. And it was all because of uh, Brother uh, James Varnum Sr. was in on, on a Facebook page, a picture when he had COVID and he was in the hospital. Course he was praying and everything and um, <clears throat> she said if you'd have told me that I would have got you to the hospital earlier no. well I'm just telling you that if God gives you a dream he's going to see it through and uh, <clears throat> anyway long story short I stayed in the IC unit uh, intensive care unit bed number 18 for two days People had come to visit. Thank you for our visits. Thank you for our phone calls um, and uh, for all of your prayers. That's why this card down here that you pick up with a name on it is important. So what, what happened was <clears throat> late Sunday night and early Monday morning, let me set you the scenario. I'm in this bed. Every 20 minutes, they're looking at me. They've got a light. They've got some scope. They look at my eyes to see if my brain is bleeding because of this shot. Uh, they would come get my, uh, or, or that would automatically happen every, every 30 minutes. Your blood pressure would be taken, and you can't sleep. They tell you that. You don't come here to sleep. Well, how am I supposed to rest, and how am I supposed to get? And, and I, I'm a worry wart from my mother. I get that from her. So every time my blood pressure would go, I would turn over and look at the machine to see the numbers. 
And they're accepting anything under 180 and under 100. That's fine with them. But it's not for me. So, oh, my blood pressure is really bad. Anyway, um, because my blood was going through my body so fast, it's 400 miles an hour going through my body. Wasn't comfortable at all. But late Sunday night and early Monday morning, thank you for your prayers. Brother Ramirez, you had preached a few weeks ago that during the storm it is very difficult to pray and worship yourself. That's where the prayers of the church come in. So I'm here to say thank you from the IC unit, bed number 18. Come on, Raj, where's your faith? I heard that so many times. But you know what? It's hard when all of this stuff is happening to you. It's hard when you're in the boat by yourself. It's hard to look around in the storm because I'm just a natural person with natural feelings. And I can't say a prayer. What do you mean you're a preacher? I know, but I just don't concentrate on prayer and stuff like that. Huh. So I, I thank you for that. God visited me that night, calmed me down, and all I could sing was a song. You're worthy of it all. Huh. You're worthy of it all. You know how long I sang that Monday night, early Monday morning? From form you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. There's not a whole lot I can do here, Lord, from bed 18. But I can sing a song. I don't want to miss out on the presence of the Lord. I don't want to miss out on a word that somebody preaches someday. I don't want to miss out on every opportunity that I haven't listened to me. You can listen to your news every day, and you're crazy if you don't make it to the house of God. You're crazy if you don't listen to the word of God. Don't miss his presence. Don't miss his word. I was listening to Brother Lee Stone King, which incidentally, I'm going to do a commercial for radio, <coughs> Truth Radio it's called. Download that app on your phone. You'll appreciate it. You can subscribe for $1.99 a month. But it's loaded with all kinds of apostolic worship and Pentecostal preaching. I saw one of Louis Stone King. And all I remember from the message is you have to bring Jesus into your situation. A song, a scripture, somehow you have to bring him in and invite him in and he'll be there for you. Feeling the presence of God. I have also discovered uh, some new pictures that I love. Can you show them? Number one. How many's ever seen this picture? See that? Look in the background. See what's in the background? 
You see who's in the background. That's Jesus running after a lamb, a lamb, a lost lamb. That's how I was. And you've been there. You may not be in the ICU, but you've been there. Your family may have, have you in a situation where you have no idea what's going on. But let me tell you, there's somebody running your way. There is somebody coming your direction. Sarah, number two, please. He'll find you. He'll grab a hold of you. Number three. This is the third one. This is my favorite one. And he'll pick you up. And I told Brother Bruce that in the hospital room. You know what? When you're hurting, he doesn't just leave you down. He'll pick you up and he'll hold you. I don't know if some of you may have situations and you may need to not just be petted, not just to be found, but he will pick you up. Why? Because my Bible tells me he's not just a shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's not just somebody that ignores and looks your way and says, Hi, Raj. He'll run to your wade. He'll pick you up in the middle of the night on a Monday morning and hold you tight and say, I got you here. I got you here. You are my child. You're my sheep. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I'll go with you through this and you'll come out. Ha! Huh. This is why in him we live and we move and we have our very being. Yeah. Uh, I've got a list here. Hold on, please. All the people I want to thank is this church family. My dear wife for being wise enough. Here's the thing that I said to her. I said, you know, we, went, we was on Alaskan cruise last month. What if that would have happened to me on the boat? Three days travel from anything? Do you think that I would be in this condition? <laughs> oh! Truth Radio, Josh Herring. I haven't listened to it yet, but I got the message. I got the title. He said, it's, it's this. I don't look like what I've been through. I don't look like what I've been through. Because God's picked me up. God's cleaned my life up. God set me down and established me. I don't look like a sinner anymore. I don't look like the drug anymore. I don't look like the drunk of the day anymore. I don't look sick and afflicted anymore. Why? Because I got a good shepherd that'll come to my aid. That'll pick me up. That'll say everything's going to be all right. He'll put the oil on my head. He'll anoint my head with oil. My cup's going to run over. I don't look like what I've been through. I don't think any of us do. It reminds me of the Gadarene demoniac, the guy that, remember, ran through the tombs, cutting himself, running with chains. Everybody's afraid of him. But Jesus came by. 
The Bible says he was kneeling there in his right mind and clothed at the feet of Jesus. Why? Somebody with a powerful presence stepped into his situation. That's why you feel the presence of God. It's not just to tickle you. God wants something to happen in your life. It's us that say, no, no, not today. I don't feel like it today. Really? What are you waiting for? A bed in the ICU? Huh. Tyler, Tyler Sullivan's message, I wrote this down. We need him because we're all salvaged titles. Thank God we're not what we used to be. I'm thanking people. My friends, my visit, the people that visited, the NCH, emergency room staff, their personnel, the nursing staff in the ICU. I don't know this doctor's last name. Her first name is Victoria. She's a neurologist, tremendous lady. They call her the stroke professional in the hospital, and that's all she did. I, I do want to put a shout out to the therapy group of people, and here's the reason why. This is why God's involved. They couldn't believe how strong I was. They test me all the time. They would grab me, grab this, pull, push my feet, you know, look at my eyes, follow this. Monday, I could not do this. I couldn't touch my nose. My left hand, you know, it was messed up. <clears throat> but... You keep tracking and your, your, your brain and stuff will make up for it. The neurologist said they get the neighbors involved. So the bad spot in your brain, everything gets worked around and it's, it's good. You just got to keep working it out. And um, my primary doctor, and especially to my niece, Amy Thompson. The physical therapist <coughs> came in on... Um, on Monday afternoon, and they had me wad up a paper with my, with my left hand, wad it all up, and shoot it and put it in a, a wastebasket. And I missed the first time. Second time, right in. He said, see, your brain's already taken over. Things are getting better. And they said, I'll be back tomorrow. Okay. I never saw him again. You know Why? I didn't need them. <laughs> the social worker came in, though, on that Tuesday and said, okay, what agency do you want to come to your house and give you therapy? And Carrie says, we're not doing no agency. She said that they had me down as kind of bedridden from a stroke. I said, no, I'm ready to go. So they let me go home, which is another rare thing, right from the ICU. It usually has ICU. You go out to the floor somewhere. They check you out another time, day or two, and then they let you go. I didn't have to do that. I skipped it all. Why? Because somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. Amy Thompson, thank you. Why? Because I have 20 exercises to do on my phone three times a day. 
that's helping out. I, I actually, I told Sister Bruce this morning, I feel stronger than before. Thanks to my son-in-law, Bradley, and Sarah, my son, Philip, all the family. I've got this new exercise thing put on the door. I'm sore. I'm a good sore. My legs, my arms, it, it's a good sore because I'm getting stronger. I'm working those muscles. So, lessons. Listen to your doctor. Exercise, get in shape. Because we got a world to save, don't we? Praise God. Okay, time for history. Enough of Raj. Let's get back to the message. For in him, let's say him. It's him we live, amen? I, I haven't come. I, I, I've come, and I say this before, to see you and greet you. Shake your hand. Good to see you, Brother Freeze. Pat everybody on the back. But I've come to see him. <laughs> I've come to get a touch from him, from the good shepherd. I've come to feel his presence. Yeah. His name was George Robert Faro. He was a former Quaker minister in 1920. That's over 100 years ago. But he put into music and lyrics to the song in our hymnals number 369. It goes like this. The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is He. The Everlasting Father. The King Eternal Eve. You know it. Sing it with me. The Wonderful in Wisdom. By whom all things were made. The fullness of the Godhead in Jesus is displayed. And it's all in Him. It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead, it's all in Him. Well, it's all in Him. It's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus, and it's all in Him. You would think an apostolic Pentecostal would put that together. I thought it. I thought, well. And then I got searching it out. And it's a Quaker guy in the 20s. I found a, a newspaper article, an ad out of 1928 Oakland, California newspaper that had him being the evangelist to preach that night. Amazing. Did he not get the revelation right? There's, what, four more verses to that, and they're all powerful. Because he is mighty, isn't he? Matthew 18 and 20 says this, For where two or three of us are gathered together in his name, there am I in the midst. I know there's more two or three of us in here. I know we're gathered in his name. And you know what else? I can feel him in this house. I can feel him in this house. He's in our midst. And listen, he just doesn't come just to come. He comes to do something. Because where the presence of the Lord is, there's liberty. And when the presence of the Lord, things happen in the presence of the Lord. You get the Holy Ghost in the presence of the Lord. You get your healing in the presence of the Lord. You have to go a little further and you get from the presence of God into the glory of God. 
Yeah. Presence means a state of being present or through down the list of the, of the definitions, a divine supernatural spirit being felt. The good thing is that we, his creation, gets another step up on the rung when we acknowledge what we feel. I know it's you, Lord. Maybe all you can do is sing, but you know what? You acknowledge that it's him. Psalm 34, 1 through 4 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times, at all times. Even when it's bad, yeah, I'm still going to bless the Lord. Well, Raj, you don't know what's going on in the news. I know exactly what's going on in the news and in Gaza and in Israel and the northern part on the West Bank and, and all that's in the, uh, the Red Sea and the Mediterranean Sea and the Persia. I know exactly what's going on in China and Taiwan. I know exactly all that stuff. You know what? Too much of that can really depress you. That's why it's important to worship God. That's why it's important to feed this thing with positive stuff. And acknowledge that the worship and the presence and the spirit of God is. Listen, I don't want to come to a church that's beautiful. I want to come to the church where I can feel his presence. That'll help you out a long way, won't it? Yeah, but I go to this, this, this church. It's just a beautiful cathedral. And the grass is so nice. And everything's so nice. And it's some music. And they play it. It's awesome. You know what? That's fine. I want to feel the presence of God. I don't want to sit into a fancy sanctuary. I want to sit. It doesn't matter. Do you know what it was like in Azusa Street? They had to overcome a lot of stuff. But you know what? The presence of God was there. The glory of God was there. Revival was there all of the time. That's what I'm looking for. I'll bless him at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You mean that I can't say it anything else? No. I'm saying that the best thing to do is always have a praise back here. Always have a worship in your step back here. No matter what comes your way. I can still talk on the phone and talk to my neighbor and witness, but I still always got to have something back here. In the background. Huh. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. This is why you need to be in the house of the Lord. This is why when we gather together, the Bible says in heavenly places. Do you know what heaven's going to be like with a number that's untold? You can't even think about the number. There's so many people going to be there. And what are we going to be doing? We're all going to be worshiping. We're all going to be praising. We're all going to be worshiping the Lord. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, delivered me from all of my fears. Yeah, Rod, you don't know what's going on. I do know what's going on, but you know what? I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Psalm 1611 says this, That will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You know, I never really got the Holy Ghost until I got down to business in the presence of God. And the presence of God seemed to be a little more intense up front than it did into the back. And I just 
hung around the back. Not saying anything about back people. That's fine. But what I am saying is you get more out of life when you open up to the Lord. You, your life becomes a better life when you pour out your heart to God. I don't really want to do that in front of all of these people. Really? Waiting for bed 18? I don't know if it's open right now. Please, I mean, I don't make to keep falling back to that, but I mean, what are you waiting for? Especially now, really? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Psalm 24, verses 1 through 10. Let me go back a minute. What I was saying is there's more joy in life when you open totally up to God. The more God you get in your life, the more presence of God that you invite into your life, the more opportunity that you have for Him, the more time in your life that you give Him, the more joy you're going to get. You don't have to go buy a new car, new boat, new this, vacation here, there. God will give you the joy because when you do get there, it's going to be a whole lot better. Why? Because you don't have all the fears and the worries of life. Psalm 24, 1 through 10, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. How many believe that? For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him. How many want to be included into that generation? I'm here to tell you now, devil, this is the generation that's going to seek after the Lord. That seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. This is why we worship. This is why we stand in praise. This is why we sing the songs. This is why we say thank you, Jesus, for another day. Thank you, Jesus, for another opportunity in your house. I made it again. I'm here again in your presence. Because you're not just somebody from glory. You're the king of glory. Who is this king of glory, he says. It's the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Yes! I need your presence. I need your visitation. Uh. Uh. He's the king of glory. My favorite author is Max Lucado. Remember, Sister Mead and Bonita called him mashed potatoes. 
That's what she heard, I guess. No, it's not mashed potato. He was interviewed by Glenn Beck last weekend. If you ever have to, you can find him and listen to that podcast. It's an interesting hour. He was asking Max, where's our hope at with all this going on? <clears throat> I don't know. I just want to stick to the promises of God and not the problems. The problems will affect you. And the problems, if you dwell on it, affect you physically. That's the lady in the blue there. <clears throat> God, settle down. Get to sleep. It's hard to get to sleep when your blood pressure is rushing. It's hard to get to sleep when you think, I might have another stroke. Hard to get to sleep. Your heart's messed up. Just settle down, Raj. It's easy to say, hard to do. You're not in the boat. I am. Where's our hope at? It's in Jesus Christ. Max is telling a story about when he was younger. He has three daughters. And um, when he would put them to bed, they would go through their routine of uh, prayers and uh, reading the Bible story and stuff like that. He would tell them jokes and things. But he said at the end of all of that, his little girls would always ask him, let's see your muscles, Daddy. You have to get up there and do this. I remember that. It's getting there. Getting there. And they would, he said they would hang on his muscles, you know, made him feel good. Oh, you're so strong, Daddy. And he said, you know what? They slept better at night knowing Daddy's strong. You'll sleep better knowing God's strong. He'll show himself strong. He did that to me. Even though I was going through everything, he showed himself strong. But you got to go through it. Musicians, please come. In the Old Testament, I'm going to quickly go through that if you can follow the narrative. There was a tabernacle in the wilderness. It had furniture that was instructed by God to be built. So they built the Ark of the Covenant. Here's that word again, email, uh, covenant. And whenever they would take the tabernacle down, they would always start disassembling it inside with the Ark. So nobody really saw it, except the priests. And uh, when they assembled, the, when they would move the tabernacle, they'd start in there, and then they worked their way out anyway. <clears throat> The Lord said on that ark, there's a mercy seat where I will meet you between the cherubs. That's where I'm going to meet you, Moses, right there. It's where all the innocent blood went, where God came down behind the veil. Some brilliant people in 1 Samuel decided to take the ark into battle, where they were battling the Philistines. Are they still battling the Philistines today? 
battling the Philistines. Anyway, they captured the ark. Philistines couldn't do anything with it. God kind of plagued them and stuff, so they returned the ark, and they placed it in the house of Abinadab. How long was it in that house? Twenty years. I, I wasn't there. I don't have exactly where it was placed or whatever, but I can imagine that, oh, 20 years, they just shove it in the corner and cover it up with a tarp. The ark represents the presence of God. So whenever you feel the presence of God, it's important. <clears throat> so David understood how important the presence of God was. He said, we've got to get that ark back here to Jerusalem. Post haste. So they set it up and they tried to do it the best way they could. You know the story, Yuza tried to... Settle, uh, hold the ark up straight and he touched it and God smote him down dead so from that point on it went into a house of Obed-Edom you know how long it was for Obed-Edom three months <clears throat> but what's the difference is in the, is in the attitude and the respect of the presence in the ark of God because in Obed-Edom's house, it was a precious thing. And the Bible says that in Obed-Edom's house, that God blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he did. Didn't say that about Abinadab for 20 years. This man just had it for three months because he understood the presence of God. So the difference is in an attitude. The difference is in the presence of God. And we need his presence. Amen. Amen. Why? Because things happen in the presence of God. Amen. Spiritual gifts begin to operate in the presence of God. You don't need to fear the presence of God. We need to open up to the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay out in the outer courts or into the holy place. I want to go into the holy of holies. I want to go behind the veil. And when Jesus died, that veil was rent, which allowed the presence of God to go out to us. So I don't have to go to a, a temple somewhere in the city of Jerusalem. I can go here because God's an omnipresent God. But there's a difference when my attitude is different. When I respect and when I feel the presence of God and I say, Lord, you are here. You're here for a reason. I need you today. If I need my healing, I can get it. If something's going on in my life, I need your presence. Now it becomes the glory of God because he's there in presence. In the presence of God, he speaks and he manifests himself through the signs and wonders when he is present. And when I feel his presence, that's when I should even move closer to him. I've been to church. I've been there and done that. Here's the lesson that I learned through my life. I used to say, oh, no, no, no. Mom and dad's fine. Brother, sister, fine. But I knew that when my brother got the Holy Ghost, I knew if the rapture was going to happen, he would go and I wouldn't. Because I didn't have it here. 
so my parents being the brilliant people they were, that's just making fun, but who would put three boys in one bed? Had to do with what I had to do. So I held on to my brother's arm. That's how I slept. In the middle. This one had the Holy Ghost. This one didn't. I slept. He was gone. I'm going too. It don't work like that. You realize when you get the Holy Ghost and you're so... uh, Intense with the presence of God that your life is better. You realize that? And that we need as much of him as we can. Stand with me, please. (coughs) I don't know if you're here and you need something from the Lord. The presence of the Lord's here. The song says, I can feel it in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. Presence of the Lord is here. Power of the Lord is here. Let me hear that song. You need something from the Lord. I'm not drawing a curtain or anything here, but this is the hot zone. You need something, come down front. We'll pray with you. This worship team is awesome, isn't it? I love the worship of God, but... It's up to me to open up. It's up to me to lift up ye heads, O ye gates. It's up to me if I want the King of glory in my life that I have to open up to Him. I would be a little uncomfortable going back home without Him. Knowing this is happening, this age. Because that's my hope, that I get all of God I can. Praise God. Let's sing our song.